Some of you watched on television, listened on radio, or watched on your phone or your computer, your tablet, the president, and him addressing the United States from the Oval Office. It was a primetime speech last night. The president talked about the United States, talked about defeating the threat of terrorism, talked about American values and not wanting to compromise those, and certainly he talked of the 14 Americans who died in the attack in San Bernardino, California. He talked about many things. There are are individuals that tuned in because many Americans are very afraid. And they wanted the president to assuage those fears. They tuned in because they wanted to hear, what are we going to do about ISIS? And he did touch upon that. What are we going to do about terrorism? And he touched upon that. What are are we going to do about the ugliness that happens with some Americans, unfortunately, and comes from some Americans when things like this, that happen, and the division, and the list goes on. We're going to play a clip for you of President Obama addressing the nation last night about terrorism and about the latest terrorist attack and the latest mass shooting in our nation that took place last Wednesday in San Bernardino, California. And after, I have a number of questions, but get in line now because this is about your reaction to what you heard, what you liked, what you didn't, what you needed to hear and maybe heard or what you needed to hear and maybe did not. And we'll also talk about critics of the president and his speech. You might be one of them. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Call, get in line now. And like I said on Twitter, follow me there, at Leslie Marshall. We'll incorporate your tweets. But first, President Obama last night from the Oval Office addressing our nation about terrorism and the attack which left 14 dead in San Bernardino, California. Courtesy of ABC News. President Obama, in only the third Oval Office address of his presidency, he called the massacre a terrorist attack for the first time, vowed to win the war against ISIS, and warned against turning that conflict into a war against Muslims here at home and around the world. ABC's John Carl is at the White House with more on the president's strategy. Good morning, John. Good morning, George. The president said the terrorist threat has, quote, evolved into a new phase, and for the first time, he called the San Bernardino massacre a terrorist act that was likely inspired by ISIS. We have no evidence that the killers were directed by a terrorist organization overseas or that they were part of a broader conspiracy here at home. But it is clear that the two of them had gone down the dark path of radicalization. So this was an act of terrorism designed to kill innocent people. Addressing the nation from the Oval Office, the president defended his administration's efforts to protect the U.S. homeland and his strategy to combat ISIS abroad. Here's what I want you to know. The threat from terrorism is real, but we will overcome it. We will destroy ISIL and any other organization that tries to harm us. The president called for a review of the visa program that one of the San Bernardino attackers used to come to the U.S., and he once again called for tighter gun laws. Our intelligence and law enforcement agencies, no matter how effective they are, cannot identify every would-be mass shooter, whether that individual is motivated by ISIL or some other hateful ideology. What we can do, and must do, is make it harder for them to kill. 
The president also answered his critics who called for a war against radical Islam. He instead labeled ISIS a cult of death that does not represent Muslims. We cannot turn against one another by letting this fight be defined as a war between America and Islam. That does not mean denying the fact that an extremist ideology has spread within some Muslim communities. It's a real problem that Muslims must confront without excuse. The threat from terrorism is real, but we will overcome it. We will destroy ISIL and any other organization that tries to harm us. Our success won't depend on tough talk or abandoning our values or giving in to fear. That's what groups like ISIL are hoping for. Instead, we will prevail by being strong and smart, resilient and relentless, and by drawing upon every aspect of American power. We cannot turn against one another by letting this fight be defined as a war between America and Islam. That, too, is what groups like ISIL want. ISIL does not speak for Islam. They are thugs and killers, part of a cult of death. And they account for a tiny fraction of a more than a billion Muslims around the world, including millions of patriotic Muslim Americans who reject their hateful ideology. It is the responsibility of all Americans, of every faith, to reject discrimination. It is our responsibility to reject religious tests on who we admit into this country. It's our responsibility to reject proposals that Muslim Americans should somehow be treated differently. Because when we travel down that road, we lose. That kind of divisiveness, that betrayal of our values, plays into the hands of groups like ISIL. Muslim Americans are our friends and our neighbors, our co-workers, our sports heroes. And yes, they are our men and women in uniform who are willing to die in defense of our country. We have to remember that. Let's not forget that freedom is more powerful than fear. That we have always met challenges, whether war or depression, natural disasters or terrorist attacks, by coming together around our common ideals as one nation and one people. So long as we stay true to that tradition, I have no doubt that America will prevail. And we're going to get your reaction to this. But I do have some questions. After I had heard the speech in its entirety uh, last night, watched it on TV, as many of you did, and and I do want to hear from you and I do want to get your input. Let me, let me give you some questions that crossed my mind, especially not just after his address last night from the Oval Office, but after criticism today. And keep in mind the number to join us, 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. That is our number. Critics are saying, especially the GOP and especially Republicans that are running for the presidency. Critics say President Obama's job was to address the fears of the American people. To let us know he's got it under control, he's in charge. And to come out with a plan on how to defeat ISIS. Was the president successful in doing that in your opinion? Did the... Are you afraid and did the president assuage your fears with what he said last night? 888 888 Did you feel that the president is in charge? He's got it under control. 
Don't worry. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. And what about a plan on how to defeat ISIS? Did you hear that? Did you need to? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. Now, like I said, a lot on the right, GOP candidates, Republican candidates, want to politicize this, right? And they're they're doing it. They're running for office. They're in a race. Republican candidates have said that President Obama said nothing new in his address. And they also said what he proposed is simply not enough. Do you agree or disagree? And by the way, did anybody hear an alternative? What would they do differently? Other than not letting Muslims in the country, which is the latest of Donald Trump, which we'll talk about tomorrow. Republican candidates have said that President Obama said nothing new in his address. Was this nothing new? Was this same old, same old? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. What he proposed to defeat ISIS? Is it enough? 8886 Leslie. And have you heard any of the Republican candidates come up with a plan of what specifically and how they would do this differently? I didn't hear that. Did you want to hear? Because I think what I think the GOP might even give him one thumbs up, green light, something positive if he had said boots on the ground. Did you want to or need to hear President Obama say boots on the ground? Do we need American boots on the ground in Syria? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. But then again, where should we have them? I mean, ISIS is not just confined to one country or even to the Middle East. Yes, they have a caliphate in Syria. But we defeat them there and we have not changed the opinions of those who supported them there. We have not changed the civil war in Syria and we have not taken out Assad. What about Iraq? What about those who self-radicalize? You might say, well, if they're dead, who are they going to pay homage to? There are skinheads in this country and white Aryan resistance and white supremacist and neo-Nazi people worldwide, Germany here and elsewhere, that pledge their allegiance to Adolf Hitler, and he's been dead for decades. So ISIS is not confined to one country in the Middle East, and Americans have said they don't want our troops bogged down in another open-ended war in the Middle East like we've had and continue to have in Iraq and Afghanistan. So do we need boots on the ground? Did you want to hear that? Did you need to hear that? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. Now some say we need help from the Muslim community. We need condemnation from the Muslim community of the terror attacks. But leaders and Muslims throughout America and the world condemn these attacks and continue to time after time. I mean, what else can they do? Certainly, a self-radicalized lone wolf attacker is not going to call a friend at the mosque and go, hey, guess what I'm going to do next week? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. Now, President Obama admitted our government will not be able to identify and stop every potential lone wolf attack in America. But wouldn't we have a better chance of preventing future attacks if Congress passed gun reforms, like background checks on all weapon purchases? 8886-LESLIE. Remember, 92% of Americans are in favor of these background checks. This is one easy, not fix, but step in the multifaceted approach to better prevention. 8886-LESLIE, 8886537543. And what about banning gun purchases by those on the terrorist watch list? Republicans, by the way, in Congress, folks, for those that say that Obama's not tough on terror, Republicans say they want to get tough on terror, they will not ban those on the terrorist list 
the terrorist watch list and the no-fly list, they will not vote in favor of banning gun purchases. In other words, the Second Amendment must be preserved at all costs, even if potential terrorists are benefiting from it. Unbelievable. 8886 Leslie. 8886537543. And how would arming every single American with a gun affect the situation of terrorism in America? That does seem what the GOP would want to do. Problem is, we have the most gun ownership we've ever had in our nation, and we have the more we have more mass attacks in our nation. One last thing, very quick. Muslims have been in the United States since 1880, and we've been having terrorist attacks in the United States since 1800. And only in the past decade have they been at the hands of a Muslim? That's a fact. We'll be back. Don't go away. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. president spoke last night. Did he accomplish what he needed to? A lot of people said he needed to show leadership, address the fears of the American people, and talk about how we are going to defeat ISIS. Did he do any of that? Were you happy with or dissatisfied with what you heard the president say? Let's take your calls. 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Let's start it out with Joseph in New Mexico online, too. Joseph, good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. Hey, um, I'm going to go back to your uh, past segment. Um, it's interesting, this weekend I had my first experience with meeting people that uh, are Muslim. My uh, daughter's marrying into a family that um, are devout Muslims, and my wife and I and my daughter aren't. We were raised, I was raised Catholic, my daughter, my wife was raised, raised Baptist, and um, so I may have met Muslims before, but not on the, you know, the degree that for four days we were together, and um, it was very interesting that you had this topic today. Um, fantastic people, uh, these um, my future son-in-law's parents. Um, what they explained to me was we talked over the weekend off and on about it because that was a big thing, you know with what's going on in the news and everything else. What they're explaining to me is there's roughly 72 sects of the Muslim um, religion in the world. There might be more, might be less, but we'll use that number, 72. They happen to be of a following that's referred to, and I'm going to probably butcher this, but it's it referred to as the Smileys. Um, the father's from Pakistan. Ishmaelis, yeah, I know, I know that group. Right. I, I'm, I'm, fam- I'm familiar with them, the, the Ishmaelis. Yeah, they're much more modern than uh, some of the other Muslim yes. groups. Yes. Um, father's from Pakistan, born in Pakistan, uh, raised there. Uh, mom um, was uh, born in India. I mean, going back, they had an arranged marriage, blah, blah, blah. They're very traditional people. But coming away from the weekend was very good for me because, again, I have no experience uh, with Muslims other than, you know, the news and reading periodicals and the newspaper, blah, blah, blah. Um, What my future son-in-law said to me, who is very very intelligent in this this field, he said, 
nonetheless, you met my parents, blah, 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 and you understand their church and what, what they're into. Um, he just said that, you know, you can't trust all Muslims. Now, what, we, what that brought to my attention was, if the Muslim of a, of a sect in the Muslim religion of that 72 sects has commandeered part of it for very uh, radical and violence, then the president can say what he wants, the Republicans can say what they want. I mean, I, I take all, everything the president says and the Republican Democratic candidates running for office say, because they're politicians, I run that through a filter. I understand that. I, I think most Americans do. I don't think what the president says or doesn't say or what the candidates say or don't say is making up the mind of Americans, because I'm not going to put all Americans in a box and say that they're stupid and they just listen to rhetoric. That's not the case. Um, there is a problem. For the problem to be solved, one of the tactics or one of the uh, tools is, is that the Muslim population is going to have to stand up and denounce it, and, I, and a lot stronger than they are. It's their can, can you hold that thought? Because we got to take a break, and a lot of people agree with you, and a lot of Muslims agree with you. But I want to talk about how, because there has been condemnation, and being in the media, I can also tell you, the networks don't run when mosques go. We're having this big, you know, fundraiser. There's a Muslim doctor that's a friend of my husband's near San Bernardino that has raised, I think, over a hundred thousand dollars for the victims. You don't hear about that. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Leslie, 888-653-7543, the phone number would be nice there. We were talking with Joseph in New Mexico in line two. His daughter is marrying a Muslim. He really didn't, hadn't met Muslims before, and he spent some time with them. And he was saying before the break, Joseph, thank you for holding welcome back, um, that uh, Muslims need to do more to, to denounce. Joseph, let me ask you, though, what more can they do? You have the head of mosques, you have the head of organizations, you have communities, you have people stand up and say, I'm a Muslim, I'm not a terrorist. Um, You know, there are people that have tried to buy time on TV and PSAs. There was a TV show that was highly rated and advertisers pulled out. I think it was on TLC called All American Muslim. Um, They're trying to show you, hey, we are assimilating. Just because somebody wears a hijab doesn't mean that, you know, they don't, you know, wear Levi's and, you know, have the same struggles that the teenagers that aren't Muslim have in America. You know, I really do think uh, they're trying and i think they're more verbal than ever before and i understand from the muslim community some of the hesitancy is when they come out somebody googles their name and their address and you know goes by and i mean there was a guy in dallas that was getting his car at a mall and a guy came up to him with a shotgun and said i could kill you right now if i wanted to and walked away but you know he didn't know the guy wasn't going to pull the trigger and the guy's like there with his family kids in the back seat Uh, so joseph what what more can the Muslim community do, A, and B, do you think meeting Muslims would make a difference because it seems to have for you? Well, let me answer the, the last question first, then I'd like to answer the other one. 
Um, I think yes, but again, like you, you agreed that the sect that my my daughter's marrying into the family, they're very moderate. Okay, um, so that was a big help to me. All right, you got to understand, my wife and I were apprehensive. They were apprehensive. And that's why it's ap- you. You have kids when they get married. You meet the in-laws. You're apprehensive, no matter even if they're all the you know we're all the same people. Meaning we're all Catholics or all Protestants or same color. So this even enhanced it more that um, they're they're Muslims. So again, it depends on the people you meet. All right, that's my first uh, thought. My other thought is I don't have the answer what they have to do, but all I'm going to tell you when you when you do away with the politics of it, okay, Republican and Democrat. And I'm in a state that's predominantly Democrat. So I'm not talking with right-wing uh, skinheads here. If you don't want to put boots on the ground, then they have to come up with another answer. And uh, my belief, especially after talking to my future in-laws, that's going to only happen at the Muslim level. And, and, and that's what I came away with. And, Unfo- and I agree with you. Unfortunately, though, in countries like Syria, the people who you've seen fl- fleeing on mass. We're talking about America. We're, we're talking so I can understand. But, I don't agree, people. and I'll tell you why. The, the, the American Muslim community is um, just a little more than 1% of the population. And because of that, they don't have the political power and they don't have the financial power in this country simply based on numbers. Now, when the Muslim community, and it will, in the United States gets to 5%, as they have in the UK, for example, they will have a lot more power with what is done uh, with regard uh, to that. However, abroad, uh, some of the people, depending on the country, um, have power. Obviously not in certain countries they're fleeing like Syria and in Saudi Arabia, where they have virtually no power uh, against that royal family. Um, But I agree with you that the Muslim world is, uh, as a matter of fact, one of the reasons President Obama, I believe, won't put our troops on the ground is not just a military uh, military decision, but I think, according to top military people, it has to be Muslims that defeat ISIS within Syria, and for much more than symbolic reasons. And Muslim nations, shamefully Saudi Arabia, with their wealth, their ability uh, militarily um, to, uh, to fight, uh, because we certainly see the attacks from the air from the United States, from France, from the UK, uh, from uh, some other nations, um, for Hamas is fighting ISIS for crying out loud. Uh, but I would agree with you that the Muslim world has to do more of that. Do call me again. Uh, I think you may know I'm in the same position as your daughter. I'm married into a Muslim family, even though my husband doesn't uh, practice Islam. Uh, thank you for your call. Very, very interesting, Joseph, and uh, I, I appreciate it. Let's continue, and we go to Paul in Washington, line four. Paul, good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. Uh, you know, I don't have any problem with anything that the president said. But it struck me as I was watching and listening that, uh, once again, the, the right-wing Republicans who are, and the Republican candidates, Republican Congress, Republican candidates, who are doing the bidding for the amosexual gun-huggers, have succeeded in changing the subject. I mean, you're talking shotguns, what kinds of guns, and then we're talking about religious ideologies. Uh, it just so happens that this last shooting, last high-profile shooting, by the way, there was another mass shooting the same day which that we're not talking about. And you know, if it's not terrorism and there's not a Muslim connected to it, America doesn't care as much. Exactly. Yeah, but see, look how, look how quickly the, 
the uh, Planned Parenthood attack on uh, uh, the day after Thanksgiving, how that just disappeared. And when that was the shooting, that shooting, uh, the days after that, is saying, oh, mental, it's mental health because it was a white guy who's also a Christian. Okay? And then all the other ones, when it's a school shooting, oh, well, we just, you know, it's a gun-free zone. That's why. You see, they always change the subject, and it's particularly convenient when it happens to be someone who's connected with Islam or happens to be Muslim. And I have to ask, like they always ask, well, how would any new laws have stopped this, that, or the other shooting? Okay, I'm going to ask this question. How would boots on the ground in Syria in Iraq have stopped the San Bernardino shooting? Thank you. Or even the latest, and we'll talk about it tomorrow, Trump going, don't let Muslims into this country. It's like he was born in Illinois. He was born in Chicago. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, so they, they always change the subject. And then what happens is, as I was listening to the president, uh, okay, so now he's, ta- now he's off talking about Islam and, and terrorism, and that's all fine. And, you know, I, I understand there's an issue. We've got to deal with it somehow because it is uh, a larger conflict. But then when you think back in the context, recontextualize in terms of the San Bernardino shooting, then it sounds like he's defending murderers. You see, that's the problem, and that's where they keep going crazy. We, we always take the bait. Those of us who are on the more progressive side of things always take the bait and say, no, we're not going there. It's God. I've got to tell you, in, the, in the, the 30 wounded people from San Bernardino and the Planned Parenthood shooting, 30 people who were wounded, by the way, that's, that's not a good thing either. Bullet wounds, as your husband can probably tell you, uh, can leave lifelong, you know, you can be disabled forever. Probably half of those people will have lifelong problems from where they were shot. But I would say that the 30 people were wounded can, can probably speak for the dead when they say, what's causing most of the misery are the bullets that came out of those guns, right? It's not the ideology that's in either one of those people's heads. It's the bullets that came out of the gun. Well, no, you're right, because there's people right now that have that ideology, and there are people right now, with, regardless, that have no religion, and I'm sorry, but they're sitting somewhere, and they're just, you know, PO'd at the world, because, you know, their girlfriend left them, and, you know, uh, some black guy or Hispanic took their job, or, you know, whatever it is, and they're just angry, and they just, they want a free ticket overseas, and they want guns, and they want to be a part of something, and they want to feel special. Well, yeah, and, 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 with, and without the weaponry, you can't have the damage. And not just the weaponry, the type of weaponry to do such damage, have such carnage in such a short period of time. Passionate as always, Paul. We love you. Excellent points that you made. Thank you for the call. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Melanie in Massachusetts, line five. Melanie, good afternoon. Good afternoon. The dialogue is fantastic. I don't even know where I want to start. I've been just writing down things. Like a lot of really great, important points have been brought up. Um, but the question that you asked was, did the president do a good job with his speech? Did he address the fears? Um, and I think that he did. You know, I, I think that he did. I think that the, the statements that he made speaking about the Muslim community was important. Um, a lot of what I'm hearing from the GOP really is just, it's encouraging fear, and it's really, really divisive, and it's scary. I continually think about the Japanese encampment, and I think about um you know, pre-Civil War where, you know, with, with Trump making comments about police officers going into mosques, it reminds me of how slaves had to have um, somebody oversee their church services. And, and it's, it's really scary and dangerous territory that it seems to be very much accepted and, and people are supporting this. And it really, it's, it scares me because it's, it's, it's ridiculous. 
you know, 23% of the world is Muslim. If Muslims were, you know, extremely dangerous people as a whole, if 20, if, uh, that's almost a quarter, a quarter of a population. You know, they'd kill us all. We'd all be dead. It, but look at us, women and stuff. So that's not even the case. But when we are attacking when we're attacking one particular group, you know, how are the young people going to grow up? What it's going to do, I feel like it's going to encourage the youth, you know, young Muslim people as they grow up, to, if they're feeling hated. Why wouldn't they want to hate that? You know what I mean? Uh, no, I, I, I agree with you 100% with what you, you said. Know, um, if, you're, if you're growing up and you're feeling like everybody hates you or everybody thinks I'm bad, you know. Well, the other thing when is you're people, a teenager, people don't you feel like understand. People think you're bad. Why not be bad? No, you know what? Uh, what is it? If I ha- if you call a girl a slut enough, she'll become one. Right? I think somebody told me that. Right. Um, no, seriously, it's like if you if you say I- I'm gonna give you an example. My little brother Derek, who's almost ten years uh-huh. younger than me, nice surfer dude, lives in Maui. He single lady, single. I need a sister in law, but anyway, he um <laughs> he used to every morning spill his the milk you know the big what is it half gallon or gallon or whatever you you pull the little plastic top off when he did the cereal he'd spill the milk almost every morning and my dad who was the greatest dad in the world he's no longer with us he he really was a great dad he was not a mean dad he never spanked he couldn't spank me if he tried he's just a real sweet warm guy but he said Derek for crying out loud you spill that every day you spill the milk every day (laughs) and guess what he did. Yeah. <laughs> my cousin, my aunt said to her, I won't say her name, you could trip on air. You're so clumsy. Right. Worked for years to not be clumsy because when you get it, it there's power of persuasion. Now, I know sure. it's a very different situation, but if you have a nation saying, why don't you assimilate? Why don't you stop the terrorism? Why don't you condemn this? And they're condemning and they're saying, I am assimilating because most of the Muslims in this country don't, well, most of the Muslim women in this country don't wear a headscarf, don't wear a hijab. Right. Um, and by the way, there are plenty of other people that don't assimilate, Orthodox Jews, Amish, and I know they may say, well, they're not committing the crimes, neither are the, the majority of the Muslims. Um, but you know, you're right because these are pe- these are the people that ISIS wants, and ISIS lo- is sitting back and applauding when we do this. When they see that, oh, oh, you know, somebody who calls themselves a, a Christian and a pro-lifer shot into a mosque, I, ISIS is going, what are their email addresses? Because they are thinking that is a person that I can target because what they want is people. Right now, there's an there's a Ethiopian Muslim community outside of Dearborn, Michigan, where there's been a concern that there has been easy radicalization from there because the community – does not accept them. They treat them, even the Muslim community, because they're they're not Arab, and the Muslim community there is mostly Arab. So I agree with you. If you want, you don't make an enemy of the Muslim community here or abroad. You work. Right. You say, okay, we're a team, and if you include people in the team, they're not going to yes. look elsewhere. If you go to yes. East LA and interview any gang member, the reason they joined a gang is because they were la- they needed a sense of belonging, a sense of family, whatever it is. And you're right, alienating the Muslim community is honestly putting a bullet in our own gun. Absolutely, absolutely. 
I agree with you. Melanie, call me again. You're from my home state, Thank girl. You. All right. My home girl there. Are we taking a break? Yeah, we're taking a break. When we come back, some people holding. And if you want to join us, remember when we finish with a call, you're cute to call through. We have a line available because we just finished with Melanie there in Mass. 8886-LESLIE, 8886-537543. Coming into the break here, let me read you some of the tweets, many of them. Rebecca tweets, Obama needs to stop giving meaningless speeches. I'm a supporter, but he's just blathering. Excel uh, tweets, uh, quit demonizing legal gun owners. Uh, Arnie tweets, uh, when you order all law enforcement agencies to turn blind eyes toward Muslims. No, he did not. Uh, and we have Arlington guy tweets, only thing new he called Fort Hood and Kentucky terrorist attacks. Southern by Design says, I'm not being insensitive, but um, I don't think there is backlash. And I gave her the link, by the way, earlier in the last break to her tweet of the uh, sixth grader, 12 years old a girl who was beaten and had her hijab uh, removed and allegedly called uh, ISIS. Um, and uh, Anthony says, we end up shaming them, isolating them, and making them feel hated and unwanted. Uh, that makes Muslim Americans ripe for ISIS. Anthony echoing what Melanie and I were just saying and talking about. And, <clears throat> excuse me, Walden tweets, wished that the president was angry at the killers and sad for the victims, acted like he was forced to speak and seemed he wanted out of there. Well, the president's first address was not yesterday, in which he was sad for the victims, and he is angry. I mean, what do you want him to do? I mean, he is a president. He has to be presidential. Uh, and uh, let me see. Let me see. We have so many here. Tim says, uh, define terrorist suspect, no due process involved and no fly list. Excuse me if I do not trust the government. And uh, a a lot of people, even those on the left, felt that the uh, president didn't, you know, say enough necessarily. And another guy actually on LinkedIn sent me a message, and he said, Leslie, we're not scared. We're angry. I'm Leslie Marshall. We'll be back right after this break. Join us at 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And once again, we want to re-welcome the folks in Phoenix and all throughout the Phoenix area there in Arizona. Great city, great state uh, for joining us and rejoining us and being back on our Leslie Marshall Show listening list as our new affiliate who is back, 1480 AM KPHX in Phoenix. Give us a buzz, those of you in Phoenix. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a shout out. We'll be back after this. Leslie Marshall, real people, real life, real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. glad you are as well. Let's continue with the calls. I apologize in advance if I can't get to everybody. 888-6LESLIE-888-653-7543 is uh, the number. Uh, let's go next to Reggie in Decatur, Georgia, line one. Reggie, good afternoon. Uh, happy, how you doing, Leslie? Happy Monday to you, too. Well, I, well I've said this before you, to your beloved co-host, Mark Levine, in hour one, and I'll repeat it and reiterate it for you again, too. Why is it that whenever President Barack Obama it tries to do something good for this country, let alone the entire planet or world, the, the Republicans 
are trying to oppose him and block him and stop him each and every single solitary inch, inch, inch and ounce of the way. And where are their alternative uh, game plans, so to speak? What do they have, or what solutions do they have, rather, to stop terrorism or, and terrorists? Did you hear any of those? Well, that's no. Again, and we hear we we see that a lot in politics, and I think it happens especially with the right, and especially with these candidates. Which is okay, you know, we're going to criticize, you know, every everything that the president says, but there is no alternative plan. And you know, I want to be clear, Reggie. Thank you for the call. Uh, Before I take another call, if we do have boots on the ground. We are not going to wake up tomorrow and have no ISIS, have defeated them, have no blood loss, no innocent people killed, no Americans killed, and no terrorism. And if you're naive enough to believe that, I'll tell you about a guy in a red suit living in an igloo. The reality is, like they say, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And we can defeat ISIS, but ISIS doesn't just exist in a caliphate in a section of Syria. 8886-LESLIE, 8886-537543 is the number. Uh, let's see who's up next here, and uh, oh, we'll take uh, him next. Uh, Michael in the Bronx Line 3. Michael, good afternoon. Greetings, Leslie. I got to tell you, you and Melanie, I hope I got her name right, both of you deserve to take a bow because you've both hit the nail on the head in summarizing what President Obama was talking about, the need to stop ISIS, but at the same time to stop the divisive, I got to call it, racist, prejudicial rhetoric that's going on in this nation that is creating more problems. It's giving ISIS more more power overseas, and in the same time, it's creating domestic terrorism right here. You start telling lies and hurting other people, as you two have stated, you're setting the condition for the victims to act out, and it's going to be to a point where they can't take it anymore, and they're just going to go flying off the handle. At the same time, I am sick and tired of these right-wingers want to set up their own definition of who's a terrorist and who's not. I said before... Well, that's another thing, Michael. Michael, I got some more calls to take. Thank you for your call. That's the other thing. You know, defining defining and labeling is not going to defeat. We go to Cherie uh, next on line one. Uh, Sherry, is it Sherry? Sherry, good afternoon. Hi, hi. Uh, Just I'm one sentence. I'm Muslim. I'm American. I was born and raised here. My parents were born and raised here. Their parents were born and raised here. And I have four family members in the military and another three who have retired. One and I have no more time. Sherry, call me. Sherry, call me back tomorrow, please. Or get her number. We'll call her during the show. Have a great afternoon, folks.